Well, hello everyone. Uh, it's an honour to be able to speak to you this morning. I remember Brian Houston uh, saying right at the start of this that we, we are one church, many living rooms. So thank you for inviting me into your living room or your study or wherever you, you are, are tuning in this morning. Uh, last time uh, I was here, I, I brought a verse from Revelation and it talked about how uh, the righteousness, for the righteousness of the saints uh, is, is like this pure linen and pure and clean and holy. And, and it's this, I, I, I introduced this story about how that when we come to the cross, our clothes, our righteousness is like dirty rags. And yet through the transformational work of the cross, by allowing the Holy Spirit, and he's called the Holy Spirit because he's the spirit that makes you holy, allowing the spirit of God to come into your life, change the way you think, change the way you act, change your desires, you become uh, capable of acts that are pure even in the light of heaven. And why did I bring this? Because it, it, it's really important that we, we think of ourselves in that identity. We all have been, you know, we all come to the cross as sinners. None of us is perfect. But if we keep ourselves focused on that negative reality of where we, we were, it, it prevents us from moving into our destiny, into what God is making us to be. You see, I am a new creation. The old has gone. It has been thrown away. God no longer sees it and he sees me as he wants to see me. He sees me as good, as righteous, as holy, as blameless. Ephesians says this, I am God's handiwork, his masterpiece, created to do good. Did you catch that? Created to do good. You are no longer, if you are a new creation, you are no longer created to do bad. You are created to do good. That is who you are. That is your identity. Well, today I want to build on that a bit and look at something else from, again, the book of Revelations, but I could have used a lot of other passages in the Bible to show you something else about what we are now. Now that we are a new creation in Christ, how does God see us? So if you have a Bible or you're using a tablet or phone, can you turn to Revelations 3, please? And I'm going to start at verse 20. And this is a letter to the church and it's Jesus speaking. And he says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. Notice this morning. It's not that you're having to seek God. He's already seeking at you. He's already knocking on the door of your heart, waiting to come into your heart, waiting to come into your living room, wait, waiting to come into your life and change it. Verse 21. This is a verse which gets me. He who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. I'll say it again. This is what Jesus is saying to those who overcome. Before in, in 1 John it says this, those who overcome, if you believe in him, you have overcome. So this is for those who believe. He who overcomes, I will grant to them to sit down with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I just want to pray in this bit. Father, I pray 
that your Holy Spirit will be at work in every living room, in every heart, in everyone who's listening to this podcast. Let open our ears so that we can hear what you are saying to the church in this day, in this hour. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts where we've closed ourselves off and we, we look at ourselves in different ways. Lord, I pray that you would enlighten the heart, the, the eyes of our heart so that we would see ourselves how you see us. Amen. I get blown away by that verse. I get to sit, if I overcome, I get to sit, there is going to be Christians in heaven, if not all Christians, who will sit on the throne of Jesus. Why have I bought that scripture? I mean, I, mean, it, I bring it because I love bringing scriptures which just actually do my head in and I can't understand them. I know it's not because of what I've done, it's because of what he's done. But my identity, and this is why I'm bringing it, is my identity is one of sitting on a throne in heaven. Now, I have to be really careful here because it's very easy to go wrong. Jesus, not Jesus, the Father in, in Genesis 1, it says this. Soon as God created man and women, he said, I have created you. Go and subdue the earth. Go and rule and reign over the earth. As one translation puts it, go and master the earth. The plan from the very beginning, the plan from the very beginning was that, that human beings would be made to rule and reign to master the earth. To such an extent that we get, we get this passage in Revelation where, where Jesus is saying to those who overcome, you can sit on my throne in heaven. Let me just give you two little points on that. Just close your eyes a minute. Imagine that you're in heaven and Jesus says, hey, overcomer, hey, good and faithful servant, come, sit on my throne. I want you just to imagine yourself sitting on that throne in heaven. And I want you to imagine turning your, your, your head around and seeing on the back of the chair, on the back of the throne, it has the name Jesus. Let me just give this little thing. It's not your throne. It's his. It's his throne. Now, what, what does a throne signify? You can open your eyes. What does a throne signify? A throne it signifies honour. How did Jesus get that honour? Well, Philippians 2 tells us he made himself a servant. He, he made himself so low. He humbled himself even to the point of death on a cross so that Jesus exalted himself to the high, so, not so, so the Father exalted Jesus to the highest place, giving him the name above other, all other names. How is, was Jesus honoured? Because he was humbled. What happens when we humble ourselves? God lifts us up. What happens when we get proudful? He pushes us down. He actively resists. It comes through humility. But the second thing, it's not just about honour. A throne is not just about honour. It has a function. It has a function that, that people come to someone on a throne and, and Jesus, as, as a high priest, as, as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, gives decrees, says things so that injustices in the land are eradicated, so that those who need mercy get mercy. It is a throne of mercy. It is a throne of kindness. You see, our identity 
It's not just for I am made clean and for I am made righteous. Our identity in him is that he has created us to rule and reign, to bring not our kingdom, his kingdom, to pray in his name. What is there in the Lord's prayer? Our father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The identity of a believer is to bring about God's kingdom on earth. So Chris, why are you bringing that this morning? Well, it's very easy with everything going on at the moment to just go, to become a, a victim of circumstances, to get overwhelmed by, by all the, the chaos and all, all the restrictions and all the change. It's very easy when you see things going wrong in the world to start blaming our government, to start blaming other things, to start blaming your neighbour. But my Bible tells me this, we were created to rule and reign. Jesus is not coming back until the earth is subdued under his kingdom. What is our calling? It's to bring the kingdom of God to earth. How do we do that? Turn with me to Ephesians 6. A while ago, in 2018, God said this to me. It's time for the church to refind its voice. It's time for the church to refind its voice. I believe that, you know, in our, our churches at the moment, we, we've lost, and, and, and I hate, and I say it with pain, we've lost the, the majesty, the awe of prayer and declaring God's kingdom. I'm not saying when I'm, I'm saying we need to, the church needs to refine its voice, but we, we're talking about putting people up on street corners, telling everyone that they're, they're evil and going to hell. That's not what I'm meaning. I'm meaning it's time for the church to realise the power and authority it has in prayer, in worship, in opening its mouth and putting the word of God on their mouths and declaring declaring it and changing the very atmosphere over. It's like ruling and reigning in life. But let me show you from Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armour of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. I'll come back to it that in a minute. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore, take up the full armour of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Verse 14, stand firm, therefore, having, and then Paul goes on to saying, put on the armour of God. Verse 12, let me just touch this. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the powers. It's against the heavenlies. I'm talking this morning about a spiritual warfare going on in the heavenlies. Romans says this, that the, that the earth is in turmoil. It's convulsing in, in, in child pains. It is groaning, waiting for the sons of God to be revealed, waiting for the church to realise who they are in Christ, about the authority that they have, about the name of Jesus that is above all other names, that above all other names and start declaring goodness and bringing healing and forgiveness and mercy and kindness to this earth. The earth is crying out for it. 
It's waiting for us to get on with it and know who we are. It is a war that happens in the heavenlies. We are not talking about, uh, you know, when I'm saying we, we have a war, we're not talking about physical things at all. We're talking about prayer. We're talking about the spiritual atmosphere over our country and over this world. But let me go back to verse 11 because I think this is really important. I've been thinking about writing a book which says this, the gospel of Christ, terms and conditions apply. Because I keep reading the Bible and I keep finding ifs and if you do this, then this. Listen to this. Put on the full armour of God so that you will be able to stand. Let me give you a little question. What happens if you don't put on the full armour of God? Will you stand? Verse 13. Therefore, take up the full armour of God so that you'll be able to resist. What happens when we don't have the full armour of God on? Can we resist? Too many times we, we preach a gospel, which means everything just happens. It just happens fine. And all we have to do is sit on our couch and God will be for us and all our enemies will be slain. And yet my Bible keeps telling me, if you this, then do this, then this happens. If you put on the full armour of God, then you will be able to resist the evil one. If you don't, well, maybe not. Let me go through to, to verse uh, 17. And take the helmet of salvation... And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And verse 19, and pray on my behalf that the utterance may be given in the opening of my mouth. Paul says, unless you put the armour of God on, you won't be able to resist the evil one. And then goes through the whole armour of God. And what's his conclusion from going through the full armour of God? He says, you've got to pray at all times, on all occasions, with every kind of prayer. Just open your mouth and start praying and start praying and start praying. Can you see where I'm going to? We have a responsibility as Christians to pray, put on the spiritual armour of God. And one of the outworkings of that is to keep praying and praying and praying and praying. Otherwise... The devil can advance. Now, let me just take verse seven, 17 and let me, let me expand it a bit with, with, with the depths of the Greek language, which is under it, which you may not see. The sword of the spirit means the sword of the breath. The spirit is the breath. The breath of God means, means breath. The word of God in that sentence means the rhema word. And then when it goes into verse 18 and it says with, the literal word for that is through. You see, you can read verse 17 going into 18 as this. And the sword of the breath, which is the spoken word of God. Through prayer, all prayer, every supplication, every type of thanksgiving. You see, God is telling me this. We need to learn what it is to raise our voice, to put the word of God on our lips. Now, I, I don't know about you, uh, but when I, when I watch TV, I mean, watch uh, Christian TV, or watch a preacher, listen to a podcast, whatever it is, it's very easy for me to become, uh, an, become uh, an audience member. I just listen. I've become a consumer. I just listen to what's going on rather than participating. We have, you know, one church, many living rooms. As someone else said, you know, uh, our churches have closed. No, they haven't. We've opened up a church in every house. It's very easy at this time for us to just listen to words, listen to great preaching, listen to great messages, and then just leave it on the shelf of our lives and never actually put it in, the, in our mouths. 
What am I missing more than anything else at this time? I'm missing the opportunity to gather with other believers in a room and sing the praises of God and declare his wonders as a group. And I know how hard it is to do that on my own with other people around. But church, we've got to learn this. We have got to take the word of God and put it on our mouths and start declaring how good he is. Start declaring his goodness. Start declaring peace. Start declaring kingdom. Start declaring his kindness into the spiritual atmosphere. Otherwise, we may lose. Sounds, doesn't sound the gospel I was taught. Let me give you something which might sound a bit dangerous. I believe in the power of prayer. We have the name that is above every other name. Every, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. But when the church neglects to put the words of God on its mouth, there are others that don't. I'll keep this um, child friendly. There are forces at work in this world, organisations, that will pray against the church daily. There are religions in this world that will pray against the church daily. We have the name above every other name, and in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. But if we never use it, if we never put the word of Jesus on our lips and on our mouths, the devil can come in and push us back and push us back. That's what Ephesians 6 tells us. We won't be able to resist. We won't be able to stand. And we get further back and further back and further back. Not because God isn't all powerful, but because we haven't used the weapons he's given us to use. In 1940, the, 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 the armies of, of Nazi Germany had gone all over Europe. In the summer, Britain stood alone. All other armies had, had fallen. Britain had retreated back to, to our, own, our own country. Across in France, they are gearing up for an invasion of the UK. It seems imminent, but, but the next thing that is going to happen is, is that uh, the, the Nazi forces are invading, invading Britain. The barges are there. The soldiers are ready to get on the barges. But before that happens, they send over their aircraft and over the, the southern skies uh, of, of this country, there was uh, dogfights taking place as, as uh, German aircraft against uh, the RAF were, were, were fighting in the skies for the very uh, survival of this country. Time goes on, time goes on. The war reigns on in, 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 in the heavenlies across this country. And in October of that year, Hitler removes his people, his soldiers, his invasion barges away from the cost. They dismantle the invasion force and give up. Why? Because they never won the war in the skies. I have a call for us this morning. There is a war going on for this nation. There is a war going on for this world and it's in the heavenlies. It's in the heavenlies. If, if we do not use our voice to proclaim the kingdom of God in the heavenlies, I don't know what will happen, but I know this, our kingdom, our God comes when we speak his name. We have a responsibility, church. I think it's time for us to stop complaining and moaning about things when they go wrong, about the state 
of our street, about the state of anything that is, is there in our culture. Rather than complaining, rather than moaning, we need to do as Jesus taught us and start to open our mouths and start to bless. Bless those who curse you. We need to pray for our governments, whether we like them or not, whether we agree with them or not, because without God, they are going to fail. We need to pray for our streets. We need to pray for our families. We need to pray for our children. We need to pray for our schools. We need to pray for our health services and our emergency services. We've got to realise this takes a shift in thinking. We've got to realise how powerful our voice is. Let me tell you this morning, you were made to rule. You were made to rule. You were not made to run from a fight. Your identity is that of an overcomer. Your identity is one who has a test me, one who's faced a test and overcome it. We were made for such a time as this church, not to be buffed around by, by everything which is being thrown at us, but to stand in the storm when the storm comes and for our house to stand straight up and for us to speak into the storm and declare the light of heaven into every area in our society so that God can come like a flood and bring revival and bring reformation. Shall I put it in how Jesus put it? So that it will be on earth as it is in heaven. What is the first stage of doing that? We need to pick up our swords. We need to take them out of the closets and the cupboards wherever we've dropped them. We may have had fights before and lost. It doesn't matter. It's time to take up our swords once again and declare into the heavenlies, our God reigns. Our God reigns. His kingdom will know no end.